0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh. This is Script Screen, and I'm your host, Max. And joining me here in the booth is Gideon. Hello. And today we are going to be talking about uh, two pretty different films. Um, one right out of the theater here, and one that uh, was pretty much from 20 years ago. Uh, so we're going to be talking about AI and last night in show or in Soho, Soho. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we're going to be starting with AI here. Uh, artificial intelligence. This is a Steven Spielberg film from 2001, uh, probably early 2001. Uh, yeah,
1: kind of a turning point in his career. Um, considering like his, his place in the two thousands is just really interesting. Cause like after this, he did, uh, war of the worlds in Munich and, like, you know, he just kind of moving away from from his
0: like Indiana Jones four.
1: Yeah, like i feel like his his films of the two thousands are just less esteemed than than everything he did pre two thousand or or you could say pre nine eleven, um, considering the way this movie um literally has the the twin towers in it, which is a shocking moment, honestly. Like any time that's like it always it always kind of is a gut punch whenever they kinda of, like they did that in gangs of New York too. Mm-hmm. Um Gangs of New York, I think, made further after, to, uh, after 9-11 than this. But, but any time, movies dealing with New York, yeah. um, kind of in around that, it's anyways. But I, I you could play into 9-11 things with what's going on with this movie. But just in terms of what he did after 9-11, it's, I think that kind of is where his, his filmography sort of shifted. And this is, I think, might be at the centerpiece of that.
0: Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, AI is a story about this couple that, I don't know how far into the future it is, at least 75 years into the future, maybe even way more, uh, probably close to 100. um, This couple gets a robot, and they're already kind of like robots and AI that are around, they're kind of like you know synthetics or whatever you want to call them. Uh, And they're mostly used as like servants in various ways. I mean, if you've seen Westworld, you kind of get it. Um, But then at this point, they still don't really have actual like artificial intelligence beyond um, just base sensory stuff. They don't really have, still don't really have serious emotions. Um, so I guess this, this, this family gets like one of the first robots with, with actual emotions and yeah. um, it's the kids played by Hilly Joe Osman And um, it's essentially to fill this void that this family has because their real son was, had some sort of debilitating disease and was in cryo freeze uh, until he came out of his coma or whatever Mm -hmm. the situation was. um, Which I don't know how you would come out of a coma while you're also cryogenically frozen. That doesn't really seem to like a hat on a hat sort of thing, but um, it is what it is. So kid gets out and then there's conflict with it. Um, And then all of a sudden you have like a, you know, an artificial child, then your real child and they're kind of competing for attention for a while. And then, Few small instances happen, and the mom has to get rid of the kid, and then the and then or the the artificial kid, and then is um is it's pretty much his journey then to become a real boy because that's what he thinks he needs to be for his his you know human mother to to love him back yeah essentially the same way he loves her so that that's what it is it's his quest um, yeah. so
1: I mean going back to what you said earlier about like him being intelligent artificially there there's there's the movie's not it's sort of ambiguous on that on that note in in the sense that he is you could say that he's artificially intelligent but you could also say that he's specifically designed to uh be emotionally respondent to his mother in that way like he his entire his entire purpose is to uh love and be loved by the person that imprints on him which is i think her name's monica yeah um So like there's, there's, there's some interesting ambiguity happening there. Um, but yeah, yeah. just in terms of like, of like, so it's not, it's not asked, but that's not its primary concern. Its primary concern is not the, the question that some artificial intelligence, uh, films or, or stories you're going to cackle, which is like, what is artificial intelligence? Like, where is the, what's the the the, the singularity? It's not, it's not concerned with that. It's, it's very much um, engaged on several other levels. Um, either, like, you could read this <laughs> several different ways. Like, you could read it religiously. You could read it uh, uh, as a uh, fairy tale, as I was saying yeah, earlier. Retelling
0: of fairy tale. Um, um, you could kind of look at it like a dystopian take on the future a little bit yeah um i don't know there's a so there's but a lot his to this. his
1: his journey um is
0: david is david the, yeah main david's character. journey's
1: i think um absolutely fascinating and then and then spielberg's um so as someone say spielberg's schmaltzy tendencies um i don't know if that's the right word or not his his uh i mean okay so spielberg Kubrick Stanley Kubrick was originally involved with the the creation of this film before he he passed I think in in was it 99 that he died um but but so it's a <laughs> it's very much a movie that's kind of you see two uh, opposite sensibilities kind of coexisting um and and working together to create something really beautiful, I think because you've got uh, Spielberg's warmth and his his uh, imagination and and wonder, which there's so much wonder in this movie. Um, but there's also Kubrick's cold and somewhat calculating look at the future um, and then you get big ideas and stuff like that I mean and you can kind of argue where which idea comes
0: from or not. Um, the, only, the only wonder I was experiencing during this movie was wondering why I had to keep watching it. <laughs> yeah i mean i just i I detested this movie in so many ways but mostly because of visual choices like i think the overall story they're telling is fine i don't know it i think i think it's
1: spielberg's definitely making interesting visual choice i mean it's a he it looks i mean you compare this to i didn't mention this earlier when i was talking about spielberg's career but minority report came right after this 2002. Um so it's I think a similar vision of the future to Minority Report and at least in the way that it looks visually um I think this maybe almost looks better than Minority Report um but I I think especially for 2001 the way that the robots look is is great um but you got a lot of sleek interiors and stuff like that um but then you got the the nature that he eventually ends up in that that kind of contrasts with that in in a lot of ways um, and then what the movie does with mirrors, which, um, there's mirrors littered all the way throughout this thing, but uh, this is the way this is when I saw last night so I was like, okay, here's the connection. Um, so there's the last night and so does this thing where she's walking down the stairs and you've got this, these like 10 different mirrors all lined up and then her, she's reflected in each one of them individually. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing happens with, with David in this film.
0: Um, I was gonna, I was gonna say if so if we were doing AI and Enter the Dragon you could also find that same connection with mirrors. Yes.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, Paprika also does a similar effect with it's not with mirrors but where she's where it's like they it's it's not a mirror but it's the same thing where she's like split and her faces and she like reacts differently in each of them.
0: I, I something about this movie. There's so much. I I can't stand corny movies like that take themselves super seriously. Like if you want a good corny movie, probably the best one and it's such a joy to watch, Demolition Man. I love that. It was made around the same time, has same kind of visual aspects. It's late, late 90s, I want to say, like 1996, something around there. Um, You know, but it's got very yeah, similar style, and it just has like this weird v- vision of the future. But that movie also doesn't take itself so seriously, like it's treating everything. Well, it, it, like- I, I
1: wouldn't say it's taking itself seriously. I would say Spielberg's treating the material genuinely, as he always does. But um, because there's serious dramatic heft going on here. Yeah, but, ev- but um, everything's
0: like- con- contradicted by how. Just outlandish this vision of the future is in this movie. like
1: I mean, you could say that, but i I, I think that there's not nearly enough people who do treat story genuinely um in, in in the modern state of cinema and Spielberg is one of them who still does um so I think I wouldn't say it's outlandish. I'd say there's there's visually a lot of things that are that are out there, but I don't think that means that you can't treat the story genuinely. Um, If anything, I think like the biggest, the most out there part is the, 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 it's like the pleasure city. It's, it's the- Rouge city. Yeah, which again, you think of the pleasure island from, from Pinocchio as soon as that happens. I mean, the movie's, the movie's definitely in conversation with Pinocchio for, for a lot of it. So she's telling them the, so-
0: I mean, it's literally the 12th. Twel- there's so much.
1: A- there's so much connection within this. So I, I think of she. So the mom is telling David and her other son the story of Pinocchio. But then I, the th- I think that, and then I think, okay, so then he, the, those two are connected in really interesting ways because he's he's frozen in sleep. and then later David is frozen in sleep for like a much longer period than he ever was. Um, yep. But so 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 the story of Pinocchio is introduced to him. So like you could see that as kind of his ideas and his and his uh, desire to become a real boy. Uh, Is generates from the specific fact that she tells him the story, um, and he's like fulfilling that, but like, so after she does that, is introduced that there's whole, there's all tons. So there's the, there's the, there's the Pleasure Island thing, there's, but. Then he gets kicked out, and then you, there's the there's the blue fairy at the end, obviously. Which, and then I see the blue fairy, and I think immediately um, the Virgin Mary. As soon as she shows up, I'm like, like it's so clearly a uh, uh, like a double. That's why I say re- reading it religiously. Um, yeah, there's a lot because, of ways to
0: interpret this movie. I will agree with you there. There's many different pathways, and this kind of is just open ended enough. But
1: it's like it's like it's am, it's open ended enough. But I feel like there's still a concrete emotion I'm experiencing this for time. I, it's definitely a, a, a multiple. Viewing to grasp it, it's that it's it's more complex than I think some of Spielberg's other movies. Like I think there's definitely a lot going on here, which is why I appreciate it so much. I saw it as like uh, um, an underseen slash underrated uh, Spielberg film. Um, so then there's the blue fairy and and the the but then there's the thing with him becoming a real boy. The thing that I was so fascinated with is the fact that he gets kicked out of the house for no r- real fault of his own. Well, they don't um, know
0: that. They jump to conclusions. And honestly, right, I, so wouldn't, like he, I wouldn't take that chance, dude. I mean, you see all those, there's a ton of movies about like killer AI or right, killer so that's dolls what happens or whatever. You and literally,
1: and it's like, but like he doesn't, he he doesn't ever sin in the way that Pinocchio does. So Pinocchio, his whole thing is that he's lying, right? And so that's why he uh, he can't become a real boys because he's got this inherent problem with him. Um, whereas with David, he, his parents or his, his mom sees him. And then there's another thing when he's, he gets kicked down into that pool, and that visual itself of him being in the pool is the same thing that happens later when he gets when he's submerged uh, in 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 the water where he goes to find the blue fairy. So again, some very similar imagery there happening. Um, so like again, it's just the poetry happening between the lines that it's like I'm, you, you're feeling it, but it's you're not quite All I could grasping. I see when
0: he was in that um, pool just by himself looking up. It was. Buzz Lightyear after falling down Sid's stairs, and he's sitting there with like a broke, like the arms gone, and he's yeah, just staring a, like
1: it's a, it's know. like a hopeless uh, composition happening there. It's yeah. like you, you, you I, I very much felt for him in that sense because it's like you know he's, it's not his fault, but it again, it, it it's played very. Uh, uh, straight when it is a little bit absurd like it it's very much like a, an absurd situation that causes him because like the kid has to to sit to start stabbing him and then he has to f- grab his brother and then pull his brother down because he's scared like it's a it's a very uh contrived set of situations to get him to that point you could re- you could read it that way but i feel like yeah. it's it's played genuine so i genuinely feel for him so when he gets kicked out of the house for so again, nothing, nothing that he's actually done wrong as a human. He's, he's not committed any sin. He's like, I it feels like I'm not sure what's going on there in terms of how it's in conversation with Pinocchio, but it does it. That that, that scene is absolutely devastating when his mother leaves him there. And, and he's just like, like, I feel like there's, again, this might be Kubrick coming through. Cause I don't think Spielberg's ever done anything that, that that's that like, it's almost callous what happens
0: there. Um, so well, she doesn't want to see him get destroyed, but she also can't, no, she can't keep him. That's the whole thing. She's, so she's just like, letting him go like a dog, you know, in a, like when they just let a dog run out into the wild well, or cause something. She, but she, it's
1: because she doesn't see him as, 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 a, as a real boy, really. That's what yeah. she tells him. And, and the reason why is that she, like we see in him in contrast with, with the other son who, who is. Real, but is also kind of not very nice well, to the other person, but he's just a kid, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, so it's, he's kind of too. he's kind of he's not as as pure in the way that David is, but he's also just kind of being a kid who's just uh self self interested, like he's just he just hasn't learned how to how to how to uh understand other
0: people, but, really. But at the same time, it, you know, he's also in a situation okay. where you know he he knows this other person is just a robot, and he probably if you know if. David was an actual kid. He probably would have been totally different towards him. So who knows? You know, it it really is. There's so many factors that go into that. And again, he's not like the most evil kid. He's he's a little manipulative, but obviously, like you said, he's just a kid and he doesn't see David as as a human because David, by, you know, more literal standards, is not anywhere near human. And... So yeah, and there's a lot to yeah, go so into this movie, so she's and
1: she's not she's not a Geppetto
0: figure really. No, the, like, and the Geppetto figure is barely kind of in this movie. Well, I mean, it's
1: not. It's what I'm saying. It's not a literal. It's not it's, a literal yeah, uh, retelling. retelling. It's a. It's in conversation with it because yeah. it literally references. If it was a retelling, they wouldn't. They wouldn't bring. They wouldn't have anybody t- literally what, tell the what's story. What's another
0: movie that kind of does something more similar to this, where it's kind of like? Um. Oh well, you know what? Wendell brought it up earlier. Uh, I Robot. But with like Hansel and Gretel and the breadcrumbs, that was like a big focal point of that story is he's just trying to figure out what's, you know, what's going on. They use a lot of symbolism from yeah, that. I haven't
1: seen... You uh, haven't seen iRobot? iRobot, no.
0: That's a mu- um, I, personally, I, I really disliked AI and I, I think iRobot does a lot better job handling like actual... The relationship between humans and and robots and then when you have a robot that actually knows emotions and can actually feel and dream and do all this other stuff, that's a great movie for it because right. Sunny Sunny does what but David I don't does think so much better. This
1: movie's not trying to do that. This movie's trying to, I think, because this is where you get to the end. I think what the movie's really trying to do is understand the nature of A fairy tales, B, dreams. Um, so that comes to when he is being told the story. So again, the fact that he's told the story by his mother, but then at the end when he's told the story by the the creatures, which could be either I, I we were talking about this earlier. I think it's ambiguous. It could be either aliens or robots. I think it makes more sense thematically if they're robots descended from uh, the previous robots. So I, they're I, I telling that they're telling that I mean, the story yeah. back at him of his. Fulfilling his his dream to be with his mother, so it's like he's finally being told a story that's fulfilling him as a person. And he says, and because he's been told that story, at the narration again, it goes into the narration at the end, which very clearly is a is like a fairy tale thing where you're going to have the narrator come in and kind of explain the story to you. Yeah, um, it's an
0: happy ending and all that.
1: Right, but so then the narrator says I think uh, now you can go to the place where dreams are born so it's I like s-
0: I still didn't really understand the whole ending to, of it like
1: I mean I'm not gonna I'm not claiming to understand I, it I, like, for sure well they
0: were talking about dreams but it's like they never really made that big of a deal about dreams they made a big deal about him trying to aspire to be a real boy but I don't understand like right, so that dreams So that is his dream but okay but that's a goal like they, but they're saying like we're uh, you know when they're talking about like the I don't know it, it It seemed different to me. Like you have literal dreams and you just have goals and you can call goals dreams. That's fine. But. At the end, it seemed more like they were talking about literal dreams to me, or something like well, that. Like, yeah, just but dreams, kind of
1: dreams in the sense that like dreams are are the things that we most deeply want, not like a thing that you, not a goal that you're going after, like the 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 deepest part of your heart, what it really actually wants. Yeah. So in Pinocchio, he wants to be a real boy. That's like it's a it's okay. and dreams yeah. as as things that are that are otherworldly, born from kind of like. Conscious desire. I don't really know what I'm
0: talking about. Uh, well, here's but, another thing with AI. With with with. Uh, so it's comparing not. It's this not not I a robot. Literal- I robot. It's actually li- like partially about actual dreams because like Sunny is the first robot that can dream. Oh, and that's yeah. Kind of no, interesting. it's not. Like-
1: it's kind of like that, but not not. Not uh, it's not literal, which is what I I think is really interesting. I thought
0: they were trying to be a little more literal with it. It just was no, confusing. No, I don't insanity. think it's.
1: Li- I don't think you can read it literally because if you read it literally, it becomes really. That's where that's where I'm saying the ending of this movie is kind of confusing because if you read it literally, it's really really sad. Um,
0: it just shuts down. Yeah, exactly. Like well, it's the. It's, he, he accomplished he being, what he wanted, and he he was he was done. He was like, it's all right, just, I'm it's, out.
1: It's it's kind of hopeless. Like it's like he's just he. Uh, it's really he's kind of. Being told a lie to to uh, make sure that he doesn't have to live on forever in 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 this liminal space of of nothingness. Yeah, like, I didn't that's understand sad. that either. That's like, really I, sad. I didn't understand that. How so, are they I mean, able to like I'm not influence? Sure which this, way you like,
0: You're supposed to read it or not? I, and that, that was another thing. Like they kind of have like a fa- like these robots or aliens or whatever. Like Spielberg said it, robots, so I'll say robots. But they had like this phantom zone type of technology. <laughs> like if you're, I don't know if you've seen like the old superman stuff or do you know what like the phantom zone is are you a dc kind of guy no no it's like a pocket dimension that's like you can look at it it's like a one-dimensional space so you can kind of look at it like if you look at it straight on it might either be like literally so thin you wouldn't see it or if you look at it from a different angle it's like a perfectly flat disc so it's like that and you can live in it and it's like it's whole it's its whole thing so he's like in that but somehow they're also influencing it, influencing it and Treating it like it's a real space, like I don't under- I, d- I didn't understand that at all. But yeah, last 20 minutes of the movie, it just like totally does like a 180, and it's a completely different film. It feels like. But yeah, let's get into so the so scores. It, it skips here ahead.
1: Play. It skips ahead 2,000, 2000. years. Yeah, which again into spoilers the, the because the number 2,000 years itself could be read religiously. Uh, this is made in 2001, uh, the year of our Lord. So I mean, you can read it that way too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I suppose. And he's kind of he's resurrected in that way. So, so like, so
0: I guess they're, they're, I, I'm gonna. <laughs> and say especially probably, considering
1: that the vir- that the that the blue fairy is dressed in blue, looking like you know vir- the Virgin Mary's color is blue. So there's that thing too. Th- th- speaking of which, the f- the the blue fairy that moment blew my mind. Was really again a, another example of r- a really sad moment in the film when it like completely shatters because like in a fairy in a in a fairy tale, according to fairy tale logic, like you'd think. The fairy tale, the the blue fairy is not going to be fake. It's going to literally come to life and turn him into a real boy. Like, that's Mm. that's what I want to happen. Like, you know what I mean? Because that's what what would happen in Pinocchio.
0: They kind of did it. I mean, towards the end there, they.
1: Right. So it's almost like a. It's like a. It's like a. The blue fairy is being. Subsumed by the the previous the the descendants of of robots, which again is is sad. Like that's so melancholy and like
0: you know what they are robots, and I know why. I just I just figured out, and it totally makes sense. So remember, there's a there's a line. They in this say movie, something. I they, don't. There's a line in this movie that says like that's what scares humans: the fact that we'll go on and keep going while they, you know. Yeah. Cease. Right. And so that, okay. So that line right there. And they also say something about their,
1: their, I think, I don't remember the line, but I think they said something about, about like, uh, about probing our own past. I don't know if it's our past or their past, Mm. um, whichever one it is. Um again it makes more sense to me if they're robots because it, it fits context it makes the, the text more more uh self cohesive. With if, if if it's aliens it feels like an, a sort of outlier. Robots makes way more sense to me. I don't know. It
0: looks like aliens. They, they do don't look, look, look like
1: alien ish, but they do also have like a weird technological like glimmer or whatever. I
0: don't know. I mean the aliens and and or the alien, oh. I should say, sing, singular uh in uh Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I mean, there's some weird stuff going on with that. Like, how can you, like, separate your skeleton into, like, what was it, like, nine or 13, like, different oh, yeah. things, and then they, form, <laughs> and then they together form together again. Like, that visually, though, very cool when they did that. I, I love Indy 4, man. That's so, that that is my favorite Indiana Jones movie by far. But <laughs> Yeah, not. I know nobody shares yeah. that. Like, that's like saying your favorite Star Wars movie is, like, episode one, but, or it used to be. That. now, saying your favorite is like one of the sequels is the is the equivalent now, but uh, you know, it's just it's totally like nobody shares <laughs> that, but uh, yeah, they do some cool stuff with with aliens, and Spielberg seems to definitely love injecting aliens into his film, so yeah. It is kind of ambiguous. It could go either way, but I, I think, I think.
1: But even if it is aliens, it kind of works because it is the injection of something otherworldly. So yeah. it's not, it's not an awful choice because it does, and it does change the meaning of that because, because it, it would mean that there, he's being, uh, he's being brought happiness by something outside of, of the world rather than something that's descended from him. But again, like. Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. There's a
0: lot. This movie, it, um, this actually kind of felt like love exposure to me, where there were a lot of like start stops to this part of the story, and then starts a new type of story, and then starts well, a new one. It like, oh, it, and yeah. It kind of felt like this could have been like four episodes of a show yeah, split but, into like 30 minutes. Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed like it was like that. Like they had conflict resolution and then a new conflict. It, well, I mean, it kind resolution. of feels like
1: a Simpsons episode. If you're, well, that's actually a really weird point. I don't know if that's true or not.
0: I mean, but I definitely, I, I would hope Sim, the that Simpsons episode would be a little funnier than this because this one didn't even didn't really have any good solid comedy in it. But, uh, but, um, right, let's get into stores quick here because I want to talk a little bit more about Soho. But, um, but, first impression. I hated it. This was lame. It was corny. I have so much to talk about visually and acting wise. That those are the main two things I want to really get into. But I, I really hate this movie. I don't
1: get where you get the corniness from. Because I don't, I don't read Dude, this as corny at all. Before she
0: initiates anything like the imprint technology, it's just so bad. Like there's no way this kid is supposed to be like. Like there's no way this is like a hundred years into the, the development of of robots and stuff, and they still are so robotic in their movements and so oh, unhuman and it's saying. so it's I, okay. so ridiculous and either i it, thought you're saying the story was corny. no it's either Haley Joel osmond is really bad at playing a robot or the director told him to play the most stiff robot you possibly could or or their their whole I, that's th- idea. When he comes
1: out after, okay, I think that's definitely intentional because after she imprints on him, he becomes totally less. He,
0: he's less, but he's still bad. He's totally bad, more fluid, but he's still bad. And the other robots are really bad, and the and the visuals are just so corny, especially in Rouge. But also some of the other robots are, just look terrible, and it like this movie visually is somewhere between like Jingle All the Way, Speed Racer small soldiers i mean it's got like so many I mean, different visual aspects that i can compare to n- these
1: pretty movies. distinct though it, like the design is very complete like it's got it- it it's, got an ide- it's got an identity to it. It's not just bland nonsense it, that you're going to see it, spit it, out through every other cars sci-fi are, movie. The
0: cars look like they're straight out of Demolition Man. The A, the robots that aren't David. That that's are why like, I said minority Brooks The cars look really similar to yeah. the ones in Minority But report. I'm saying like that. Yeah, exactly. They're like that early that what people thought cars from the future would be like in the early 2000s, and it's just so weird. And they look I mean, like they're plastic, fine, but like and if, they look terrible. And everything looks like everything looks like it's plastic in this movie. And it's just something about that. Early two thousands aesthetic that is falling, uh, you know that it's that's butting heads with because that was kind of the thing at that time.
1: Plastic is definitely
0: part of what the movies
1: communicating though.
0: but here's the thing you you want to like see- it's not
1: the movie's not trying to communicate a vision of a of a, of a future that's not pla- like it's tr-
0: it is plastic especially the rouge city. Right. I wish we would have done Westworld, the original Westworld movie, with this because then I think Westworld, the original Westworld movie, and the new retelling, okay, but I the mean, original like, one but- it does does robots so much better <laughs> visually. That movie was so ahead of its time because of, it was in the it was in the 70s and they managed to like when you see the faces come off, it looks much more like what it would probably actually be like the robot act and seem to be robotic but they're also like there's clearly something more to it underlying and it just it seems to make so much more sense that way and this movie just misses the mark on everything and I I'll get into a score here because I'm now you know spending my own time that we'd be talking about Soho which I think is a much better film but um, first impression I'm giving this like a 2 I mean it wasn't the worst movie i've ever seen but it definitely like i wanted i i just wanted to stop watching but i kept watching just because the underlying plot of it was interesting but nothing i was watching on screen was interesting like i almost wish i would just been listening to the audio because i think then it would have been a little bit better
1: yeah but i mean even (sighs) if you think the story's good I don't think the story was amazing.
0: I well, mean, sure. if I was, I'll get into the story. But and even, the a, script, I'm, but
1: even aside, even aside from the way that the world is designed, Spielberg is still in control behind the camera in terms of like framing and stuff like that. I you mean, know. you can po- I can point out specifics if you give me the 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 tools to do it. But I mean, he he knows how to move the camera around. He knows how to block actors. I think of that one scene, like uh, uh,
0: there's a lot of the plot one scene, holes
1: especially where I, I think of when they have got that that husk of the mask of the of the kid, and he and he walks up into. It, and then his, his eyes are inside of the, the dead skull of the previous role. Like stuff saying, like that is like aren't good. Dang, in- he, like, he knows how to direct the movie.
0: I'm not saying that there aren't some good choices like that. Absolutely, you're right with that but, scene. That's good. All but, but there are the there movie stuff like that. Like the following scene after that, it doesn't make sense. There's so many things that don't make sense in this movie. Why is there one of the boxes shakes? He's walking by all these ones that are like packaged, uh, other Davids, and, oh, and I love that why scene. Why does the box yeah. shake? that doesn't make sense cuz it the box shook the box shook because the the robot inside is now activated for some reason but the others aren't but there was no interaction with that and it, it, are you telling me that they're just faulty and they're being packaged faulty what's going on with that we don't know we never explore that why yeah, is it's that a mystery. shaking
1: but <laughs> like just let it so be a mystery
0: why is there he has he has essentially a stolen police car why are they not able to track that and figure out where this thing is? Why didn't they try to recover that? That that easily they would have. I mean, and it's, it's clearly in like perfect working condition because when the the aliens or robots or whatever find that thing two thousand years in the future, it still is fine. It like doesn't have a bit of rust on it, no barnacles, no nothing. The, the automatic door still works. Why were they not yeah, trying to recover you're that? You're
1: reading it so literally. I Why just don't think. T- of but any doesn't of it doesn't of make it. sense.
0: Why would that even be? It wor- doesn't need to though. Like it's all also after two thousand years and being underwater. There's no way that yeah, that, that, that blue fairy would have been one hundred percent. But yeah, and there's that. Why yes. are they, why are people but using like submerged buildings for operations of, of actual like like why are they doing that? Why is this robotics and and cryogenics company using? A half-submerged building in what used to be Manhattan—that doesn't make any sense. Why are we doing that? Why do? Why are there giant faces? Why did somebody build a highway going through a giant face that looks like this? Giant face is getting its brains blown out by a pistol put in its mouth. It literally looks like that. It looks like if you f- like froze like the Kennedy assassination or something. Like you know, it it doesn't make any sense. It, it's like what is happening? The, there's so many things. in yes, this movie I, that I make agree. No it, sense. They
1: it doesn't that again itself and, does not make literal sense. And but it's a it's a striking visual, and that's what it's supposed to and be. Coming and coming out of a coma that. while
0: you're also in cryogenics doesn't make sense. The like, what you you wouldn't be able to tell? <laughs> He'd still be frozen, <laughs> like that. Or or unless Again, you're
1: saying I, I I think this nitpicking is just not the way that I it, watch
0: things. Um, I I I don't know if I've seen a movie with just so many so many flaws in it. And, oh, and why is this kid, like, nobody realized, like, apparently there's never been a kid All right, I get the point. We can
1: move on. Uh, well, why is he walking story around Story is the there? next category.
0: What's your score for first I, impression?
1: I, nine. Oh, for, oh, eight for first impression. Story is my... I'll give a nine to story. Again, I think this is, just in terms of how this... I've, I've kind of covered this already, but again, in just terms of how this is in conversation with Pinocchio, but also fairy tales as a whole... Um, just felt really profound to me, and I definitely need to see it again because it it does leave um, a, a lot of questions. Um, like some of those that you, like you covered, I think, are in, intentional. Um, others, I think, just irrelevant. But I, but just in terms of like uh, the amount of of depth going on here, I can't even grasp. I think, I think Spielberg really again the Spielberg and Kubrick uh, Spielberg Kubrick uh, collaboration is where a lot of that comes from. Um, and I'm re- excited to see it again. Nine is my score for story.
0: I think in the hands of a different director and different actors and a whole bunch of other choices, uh, in a lot of visual, different visual artists, I think this could be a potentially be a very good movie. How
1: do you, get, uh, how do you get a d- better director than
0: Spielberg though? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> this is, this give is give like, it to? this is like Last Stool. You have a, you have, you know, Last Stool had Ridley Scott, great director, but terrible movie. This is a great director, terrible movie. I'm not saying that all because an artist makes some good stuff doesn't yeah, mean that they can't no, make I, bad stuff. I mean, I don't like every Tarantino movie. I I still I love do. him <laughs> as a director. I don't like every I don't like every George I haven't seen Lucas Death proof,
1: but I like every other movie that I've I, seen.
0: I don't like everything george lucas has ever made i don't i'm not a big fan of willow but no, i love Shax. No, I, I love no, star I, wars i understand i'm just saying you know, in terms
1: of the the directing craft i that's not where i have an issue <laughs>
0: i i have an issue with that i have an issue with the acting i have an issue with everything but i think if this this story was interesting enough to keep my attention it wasn't yeah. executed right but it was enough where i'm like okay what's happening next i did want to see a resolution i did want to see this movie through just to know how it ends and that in and of itself is good, but everything execution-wise along the way, visually and and so many other things, and just a lot of weird choices with acting. And I I had a lot of issues, so I don't know. For story, story was enough to keep me going, but it's still, I would probably never wanna watch this again. I would never wanna recommend this to anybody. Uh, And a lot of movies does AI and similar story structures differently and a lot better. iRobot for one, Westworld, the TV show for another. A lot of things do this way better. So I, I give it a four for story. Uh, acting is next category. This is where I give it probably a zero. I don't know, a zero or a one. I mean, literally the main characters you follow, every single main character you follow is just terrible. I don't think the the teddy bear is the best actor in this film. Teddy bear and the weird robots from the future are the best actors in this film. And that shouldn't be the case. So I'll give it a one because the teddy bear kind of, is a decent actor and has some interesting parts. Other than that, Haley Osment, great in Sixth Sense. This is probably the worst movie I've ever seen him do. And- I think
1: his he's got a... It's it's a different role from Sixth Sense. He's he's playing more... He's almost more innocent here than he is in Sixth Sense. I mean, half of the point of Sixth Sense is how he, he's already been kind of tainted by an, another world, whereas here you watch him become uh, but he's, he's more, he's more wide eyed here than he is really in the sixth sense. Like in the sixth sense, he's all, he's already kind of like, you know, uh, he's aware of, of evil and kind of has uh, a good grasp on it and kind of is, is more scared than he is innocent here. He, you don't get that as much. Um, even though he does kind of encounter a lot of, uh, the bigness of the world. Um, I think his performance is, is really empathetic with that character. Um, again, and especially in contrast with with his quote-unquote brother, um, and then you don't have any of that without the performance of, of, of the mother, which I hadn't seen her in anything else. Frances it's, O'Connor, you, she's... You know, yeah, I haven't seen anything else she's done, but I, I, I really enjoyed her performance. Just, uh, again, there are a lot of conflicting emotions happening there, um, which, which is hard to pull off, um, and I think those two performances kind of center the film, um, and then you got Jude Law, who's just, I feel... It's weird because Jude law is both like kind of having fun That's with another know him with oh an my absurd God, character couldn't... but also kind of like has a serious dramatic undercurrent where it's like he's got I mean obviously this he's playing the worst
0: i I've ever seen Jude law too
1: Jigolo, which is just like weird like it's just weird but he 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 Again, he looks faker than Holy Joel, Joel, Joel Osmond does. Like he definitely has this this sheen of plastic over top of him. Yeah, his hair. But he's more advanced he than the other like robots we see at, the, like at the what's it called the 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 um the Flesh Fest or whatever it's called. Which that scene is also really interesting because it, it it again it plays off this 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 wonder uh, destroyed by the callous nature of all the other people at that place um, who just kind of like see the robots as as lesser. It's not like they're it's not like they're 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 not it's well, not racist, but it's like they're 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 again it's it's where you read it literally or not, whether it's whether they're uh reading them as Less than human, or reading them as just unintelligent altogether. Like, but I think either way, they're they're condemned as as being uh, callous and hard hearted. Um, so that's just a really interesting scene. There's, there's the nothing. Is- All that
0: guy would have to do is shine the thing that shows that Haley Joel Osment is a robot, and then he would have been. Acid on him, done, movie over. Like, literally, then the crowd wouldn't have been angry at it because he's literally just a robot. No,
1: like, that's the whole point is that he is a robot, but, but they don't think he is because they see him that, as. That's let's, what I'm saying.
0: All he would have had to do is take the gun that they literally added a device like but four even if minutes he, before that but scene. But the
1: point is that even if he did that, they still see him as real because he is acting so real. Like, that's the point of that scene. Um, I'll give this an eight for acting.
0: By that point, I mean, pretty much, they already showed that AI have self preservation. Uh, protocols in. That's like the first scene. So why are none of them trying to defend... They, they're saying that none of them would be pleading or anything like that. Literally, they show in the first scene of this film that that robots early on had self-preservation mechanics. So it doesn't make sense again. It, it conflicts...
1: Uh, look and feel is the next category. That
0: gets a big old zero for me. This is one of the vis- worst, vis- worst movies I've ever seen visually ever. I mean, and it can't.
1: You can't even give it credit for like like Spielberg's little like dramatic camera touches, though. I'll g- you like- know
0: what? I'll give it a one for how cool it did the alien or robot excavation of New- of Manhattan. I will give it a one for that. That was good. That was probably the only thing. This movie literally had a giant floating moon uh, balloon robot hunting thing and yeah, it was again, big and big striking motorcycle. like all look these stuff terrible. are positive to me. Like they look so they're, bad. They're
1: just they're not trying to be realistic. They're not trying to say this is what the future would actually look like. They're trying to be a visually striking, distinct thing. Again, they're fairy tale like again, fairy tale moons it's, are it. very common things in fairy tale and have uh, symbolic purpose. Again, moons and there's other there I think there's moons elsewhere in the film other than that. But again, there's that big thing and the moon chasing it was them. So a fairy ridiculous. tale symbol. Literally coming after them. It, like that's got uh, it, it was interesting dumb. subtext to it. it. But but again
0: The cars are corny, even the if, robots are even corny, if, the house. Okay, look I'm saying terrible. I'm saying
1: put all of the visual effects, world building stuff aside. The way Spielberg moves a camera, you have to give it credit there. Like he knows <laughs> how to construct the scene, he knows how to do it better than any, almost anybody else directing blockbusters.
0: Like it's just it's the craft is unparalleled from him. And it's present here. I, I didn't see any, uh, to me, to my eye, to my untrained eye, I didn't notice anything spectacular visually that that was any amazing camera work. Yeah, he moved the camera into the to the face's eyes, but at the same time, like, okay, pretty you put 200, I mean, 200 cinematographers in there, they're all going to do that same thing, given that, I mean, given I that setup. I
1: don't think so. I think he, but... I mean, I think of even another striking visual. I mean, you, we we mentioned the part or of him they, of him in the pool from it, like that that super high uh, top down angle, or that one of the they opening shots his where his
0: eyes with the with the with the fairies when they kind of overlay them. Right again, another yeah.
1: mirror example. But then I but think of also the 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 symbol of the of the of the tech company where it's like the art stretch arm thing and it's like blurred and then so like and then later and the blurring itself is a later thing that's going to happen with him thinking that uh, it's a it's a bird which is another really interesting mystery happening there um look and feel I'll give this a
0: 9 okay. yeah I give it a 1 I'm still sticking with 1 there wasn't it was one of the worst visual movies I've ever seen it's right up there with as bad as um princess bride was but you know it takes a lot of effort to make princess bride look good and this one did a pretty it did a better job than most movies to make the
1: experience look is next category
0: this is again it's like uh two I was just in it for seeing how that how it resolved but I will I never ever want to watch this movie again and yeah it
1: was I'll give this an 8. Um I I don't think I've nearly grasped all this movie has to offer. Um and I didn't and again it's not it's not a rip Rory's time by any means. Um so I can't get like quite to 9 level just cuz again it, it's not to the point where it's like making me ball over with tears, but I am I am definitely empathizing with a lot of the characters and just um yeah, so 8 I think is a is a fair score for experience although that one is a little bit tough to judge anyways. Um so yeah
0: okay yeah and, you know this also felt like it was an overly campy black mirror episode a little bit it kind of felt like it was trying like it's the not beginning. I mean,
1: it's not even close to the tone the, that black be- mirror strikes i know
0: well that's why i was saying it was like kind of campy and upbeat like if you just did the conflict of having an ai child while your one is in a coma and then the coma one comes back and then you have to deal with that and then if the one was trying to kill the actual kid I mean, that sure. totally would be like a black mirror episode like yeah. that sounds like it uh, okay, next movie, one I'm much more excited to talk about here is um, Last score Night in Soho, for, but let's do the score.
1: Score for Artificial Intelligence is a 52 um, out, of 100. out of 100. Puts it one above Mank.
0: Okay. I don't know. I, see, now that's tough. I almost enjoyed watching Mank more. That's But you really loved AI, and I really hated it, so that's why I kind of evened out. All right, uh, Last Night in Soho, the brand new one. We're going to try to avoid spoilers as much as we can. This is still in theaters. It just came out like within the week. Um, it stars uh, Anya Joy...
1: Anya Taylor-Joy Taylor and Thomasin McKenzie.
0: Yep. Um, uh, so the girl from Jojo Rabbit and the girl from Queen's Gambit, if you've seen any of those. Um, they're the main two that we follow. Uh, just a quick synopsis. Yeah. and then, uh, yeah, You have a girl who moves from the countryside of England to a uh, fashion school in London. She... Is, it's shown very early on that she kind of has like a sixth sense sort of ability to kind of see ghosts, but it's not like that crazy bad or anything. She just kind of sees her mother a little bit, and she's moving to this place uh, in London, and she doesn't like a roommate, moves out of there finds a new spot and then she starts having these visions while she dreams of this person that lived in the 1960s and she soon realizes like yeah this is like a real person these were actually actually happening and it starts out really nice and it starts to devolve and that's about as far as I'm going to go into this story because this is a thriller and kind of a mystery and just slightly spooky enough to also merit maybe being a super soft horror horror movie but not really. Yeah. it's got like two it's jump not, scares in it. I
1: don't think it's scary. I think yeah. if anything, this needs to be more scary than it is.
0: It's got like two jump scares in it, but that's it. Uh, so you're not you're not like in a, in for anything too scary. I mean, Godzilla, uh, King of the Monsters has a jump scare in it. So I, I mean,
1: I think take the jump scares out. I think lean more into the paranoia. Yeah. Um,
0: but but overall, I I loved it. Did you like it?
1: I. Th- I thought it was okay. I really like a lot of this movie. There's so much that I really like that he's doing here. Um, I think story-wise, there's some specific choices that we can't talk about because of spoilers. Yeah. Where it... completely falls apart because like it just completely undercuts everything that the movie is trying to do but i mean I, again i don't want to talk about that because we can't but i think I'm, i think I'm i love
0: i'll ask you after the i love
1: everything else that's kind of going on here especially uh thomas mckenzie playing um the uh her kind of obsessed with the nostalgia uh eloise who's like you know she's also really cost like kind of claustrophobic in a really big environment of the city of Soho and her and she's you know stuck at obsessing over the past and I, I I personally really related to that and and, and add, add into that her like dreams of becoming a fashion designer like just that that idea of 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 wanting something and and wanting to be successful while at the same time being nostalgic. I, I, a lot of that stuff I just is emotions that i I relate to. so that I was in mm-hmm. um based on those things and then some yeah.
0: I don't know, they, I think this movie does a lot of really cool things visually. One thing I didn't like about this movie, it seems very preachy very, at the first half of it, and then it kind of fixes itself slowly. And it, Because, it, you know, just a warning, this movie definitely is a product of, like, the um, post-2016 kind of... Uh, movements to uh, like it seems definitely like mm-hmm. anti-men at the first for the first half of this film and i think it kind of fixes up not to say that there aren't it
1: definitely doesn't fix it
0: <laughs> well it doesn't but i'm just saying there's not to say that there isn't like also bad like you know not to be looked up to female characters here but it definitely seems like it's very like all, yeah all of these men are really bad None of them are good. There isn't really a positive male character in this until like there this definitely
1: is, though. Like, there eventually they're fr- it becomes, his, his yes. character is in there from the from almost the start, I think. Yeah,
0: but but at first they even make him out to be kind of like they kind of try to add this essence of yeah, that he's not a great male character or I don't he's think not think a they ever guy, do that. and then eventually it, it actually builds, two. they build a there's, rapport. There's actually two characters. There's, there's, yeah. Well, one they, one they use a twist for. One they slowly build from being seemingly a bad dude to uh, her best friend. But again, I don't, it, I don't know where you got seemingly a bad dude from him. The first interaction with that guy when he's on the stairs and then she's lifting up the suitcase. And he offers help, and she kind of like like because of oh, the context. Was, no, of but he sin, wasn't. He, the scene, she kind of
1: know. she read him as being antagonistic, know, but, but, but he himself was not doing anything wrong. So, from an right. audience
0: perspective, he. But for her, but it was. But from the audience, the way it's framed, due to the way that they lead up to it and what kind of comes after, yeah. they, they make that point that they, and they slowly build it up from there. Yes, she was wrong about him, but yeah. they make a point about uh, that. But I'm just saying, at the beginning of this movie, pretty much every male character they treat as like a bad guy, a bad guy uh, immediately. No. No chance of them being good, and then slowly one male character kind of becomes a good guy.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, if we're going to talk about what this movie's doing thematically in terms of the the not all men thing, not all men are that bad. It's just the I don't have anything. I don't have a problem with anything the movie's doing up until the end. So again, I can't talk about what it's what it's
0: we don't saying. Spoil anything because this movie definitely, if it gets spoiled, you know, then you know the.
1: But but the way that it treats. Uh, her, her. Yeah, I don't know how to talk about this. Makes it. It just says something that I find abjectly false. It more I'll, here. I'll just say this. It more or less says revenge is okay. When and you should you should kill people who wronged you. That's pretty much what the movie says. And I was like. Yeah, really? I
0: agree. That's it's kind of a weird. Really, a, it has a weird morality compass at the end. I will absolutely and, agree with and that. And
1: I think there's definitely ways you can you can treat that where it's like where things like that that there's I love movies that can do things where they're like this seems like something that morally is incorrect, but here's how you need to reframe your head and say this is actually what we're trying. Like Soul does this really well. Soul does this thing where it's like it seems like it doesn't really make sense for uh, for him to be looking after something other than his career as a pianist. And then it like reframes it and that's where and so he achieves the goal and then after that it's reframed to say like here's what he actually should have been looking at because then you I think that's an example. This movie it's throws something out there that seems like a morally incorrect thing and then doesn't really and then just isn't like you can't. No matter how much story work you do, you can't get me to convince that you're you should be allowed to kill somebody. Like you can't you can't do it. Yeah. Um. So that's the biggest problem that I have with the movie. Everything I, else, I I'm fine with. I like I don't, don't really have a strong really opinion cool. on anything else th- other than that. I thought
0: the acting was fantastic. Well, I visu- thought- okay, visually
1: I do have some problem with this So this is this is what you consider. I think it's called Giallo. uh Malignant was an example of this earlier in earlier this year. I don't know if you saw it or not. I really 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 liked Malignant. Um, I haven't seen very many other Giallo, but from what I understand, this feels very clean um, for dealing with such a dark story. This definitely could have benefited from more grunge um, and like darkness and like grossness. Like it, it definitely feels polished on the surface visually. Um, this is not to discount any of the stuff that he's doing with like mirrors and lighting and music and all that stuff. Is Edgar Wright in on his ballpark and, and nails it's talking it? talking
0: about it could have been a lot. Darker. But
1: in terms of in terms of just adding like dirtiness to it, like it definitely needs that aesthetically. Otherwise, it doesn't really.
0: Uh, I thought they were trying to do almost like an homage to like this romanticized, idealized 1960s London. Right. So
1: that's what it's that is what it's doing. But I think it it's not like. Uh, even once upon a time in Hollywood, which is also working with that romanticized area of the '60s, um, it's not. It's it. It sees the darkness of there, and yeah. you see the darkness as it is. Um, but as it, as it's trying to creep up on the, the, the romanticism of the sixties. And then as the, I mean, I'm going to spoil it sort of as the sixties kind of like it reframes that and, and, and kills the darkness so that the sixties can live on past that is where they didn't in real life. This movie is doing something completely different in that is saying the 60s were taken over by that darkness in the se- of the 70s um and so and it's contrasting that with today so i think kind of what it's doing is it has to because it's living in today whereas once upon a time in hollywood doesn't uh it's kind of contrasting today's world as it didn't change and did change so there's ways in which men are different here and there's ways in which men are the same here as they yeah. were in the 60s okay i see um, your point so and when you is- extrapolate that Aesthetically, it feels far too clean in a lot of yeah. ways.
0: I, I, okay, I get your point there, but I I still really liked it. I loved the music choices. I really I thought that this movie. Yeah, did Edgar a lot. Wright's always
1: and right with music, he, dude. I I look up and, to him, and needle it, drops. It's just yeah. Who,
0: who directed the first? Um, First Guardians of the Galaxy. We did that? James one. Gunn. Okay, so you have James Gunn I don't and Edgar think Wright. His,
1: I don't think but, James Gunn's sense for needle drops is nearly as good as Edgar but I, Wright's. But I yeah. admire them
0: both because I've they're, always they're wanted to good, write yeah. movies yeah. that have like as much real life music as these ones do. Like, Guardians and this. I mean, they both have a clear Driver. sense
1: for classic music and classic rock especially and stuff yeah. like that. And it's like much, they, they pull such deep tracks that you, I, they, I yeah. love that. I mean, Tarantino does this too. Tar- Tarantino I th- does this I think, well, think Tarantino does needle drops. He doesn't do it as much. I think Tarantino's needle drops are so much better. Like he, oh, yeah. Tarantino understands how to do a needle drop that has uh, lyrics and meaning that directly comment on the story, but also just uh, the, just uh, climax fight wise, scene of like, Hol- Once by that Hollywood one Hollywood is
0: the greatest needle even, drop like, I've
1: ever seen. There's, there's that, that's a crazy needle drop, but I think of just even the, what's the one song uh, where the, she's dancing in the in her house? Like that, That which, where she literally drops a needle. Yeah, um, okay.
0: So let's get into scores. We only have eight yeah, minutes yeah. here. Let's, let's run through um,
1: these. First impression is our first category.
0: I'm going to give this an eight. Uh, again, I thought the first half was really preachy and kind of very anti-men and like there are no, like really ha- had this kind of, woke message to push, but after the second half, I mean, it kind of fixes itself and it it kind of drops that. And then it kind of just functions as a movie. And, uh, besides that, acting outside of politics. And so I give it an eight. I still really enjoyed this movie. I would watch it again in a heartbeat. I would own this probably eight for me.
1: Um. Yeah, again, I, I love a lot of what this is doing on the surface, but I think at its core, we haven't talked about really the way the, the turns follow out Um. in terms of the murder mystery stuff. I don't think that stuff is
0: perfect. Um, I think there's there's I didn't see it coming until like moments before it was revealed. I, I was mean, like, oh, then, then I it, saw I it.
1: saw it coming. but again, it's like I don't hold that against the movie. I think where it really f- where it sort of falters is just in the way that it p- it plays out as I mean, you, Again, I haven't. See, I need to know the giallo genre better, um, so it's hard for me to compare it there. But I get, again, so I feel it's, it's flawed there. It's more deeply flawed in the way that it's, it's, it's thematic function. So again, I think this lands somewhere around a six for me.
0: Six? Okay. Next category. Story. I really liked the story. I thought conceptually like everything about this was really cool. And it went into a lot of cool areas and it took so much from different types of movies. Like this is like part Sixth Sense, but it's also like, again, it's like part murder mystery, part like so many different things and it has so much fun with it. And yeah, I
1: think that's what the giallo genre, the giallo genre is like murder yeah. mystery, but like slasher gore. Like, yeah, that's so, what that is.
0: So I really loved that. Uh, story-wise, I was a big fan of it. I, it all seemed to kind of make sense, and it was cool, and it did some cool conceptual things I've never seen before and I never thought of doing. So definitely would give this a 9 for story. Not the greatest story I've ever seen, but again, I really, really liked it. Yeah, I think
1: this is hard for me because I really did identify with Thomas McKenzie's character a lot. Um and that's, I think, where the story shines through the most, um, is through her. And, and even Anna Taylor Joy's character, which whoever she is, I she has this confident aura about her. Which I mean, she has this in the Queen, Queen's Gambit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, she like she and she just owns the room. Well, like, we can save that for utterly acting. Utterly owns the room. Well, we
0: can save that for acting. But I mean,
1: I'm just saying, in terms of uh, in terms of character. how I, in terms of how I connect. Yeah, sorry. In terms of how I connect to her character. Yeah. Um, I definitely those two characters I think are solid. It's just what what, what they do with them. Where I'm just like, I, I I can't I can't buy into that. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking five or six. I'll say six just to be generous. I don't really care.
0: Okay. Uh, acting this is a 10 out of 10. I think everybody was super solid. Uh, This is one of the ones where like the female antagonist uh, from the beginning of the movie kind of acts in a certain way at one scene very realistically when she tries to get security, which is something that doesn't usually happen in movies when it should. So I give that like a little extra like props to them. But yeah, I think, I think overall acting was super solid. Everybody seemed very realistic. Uh, I liked it a lot, and I had a lot of fun watching every character on screen whenever they were there. So, 10 out of 10 for acting.
1: Um, I'll give this a 7. Again, Anya Taylor-Joy's performance, I think, might be the best in the film. Literally owns the room. Not literally owns the room, but she owns the room. Um, I mean, she might literally own the room. I don't know.
0: (laughs) She does own the room that a good chunk of this movie takes place in for a while.
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah, Matt Smith is good um the the friend is good. Diana Rigg, I think, gives a a solid performance. Um, I thought they were gonna do more with her grandma and yeah. her mom. And her friend, like those three things, seem like introduced in the first half, and I don't think are paid the off as says, finally. Friend
0: did but, like, off she, enough, gets, but she doesn't. On.
1: She she comes back in, but she doesn't get paid off. Like there's no real resolution to what happens with with that conflict between her and the and the. She's not her friend. She's her roommate. Yeah. Um. Or was her roommate? Was her. Um. Friend. Acting is seven. Look and feel is the next category.
0: Oh, tr- I I. I disagree that I I don't think it needed to be any bit more intense or grungier than it than it was. I thought it was actually really cool. And what they were doing aesthetically was like. Fun because, like you said, it was like going through a nostalgic filter almost. But I'm saying but it I should be, like, it
1: does, I don't think it should be fun. I, like, I, this, like, Edgar, Wright's, Edgar Wright is stuck in fun mode trying to tell a not fun story. I which, guess, but. And he's not, it's not funny either. I thought it was a I, good I definitely contradiction. M- I missed it, his sense of humor here, I thought which is a, not trying to be funny, but.
0: The realities of that world were not great, but the visuals, even though they seemed upbeat, it kind of re- revealed that there's this underbelly that isn't great. And I, I like that, that juxtaposition. And so I I look and feel I'm probably gonna give a nine out of nine to this. Also I they had a freaking Lamborghini Islero in there, and that's the first time I've ever seen one of those in an actual movie. And I was super hyped. It's not the main car, but I saw it, and I was just super super incited by that. Yeah, I think movie cars I
1: think you say I think the the you want to call them ghosts in this movie. That's that's where the visual effects I think are the worst. Like they just don't have. A, they're just. Have a very blank design. They're not. They don't have anything really characteristic about them.
0: I thought that they were representative um, of certain things, but I don't want to. No, I know. I, I, I know I, what
1: you're saying. I still think they feel very flat to me. Um, I do like how it plays with them and how how she interacts with them in terms of like her anxiety. I really related to that in terms of like how she feels overwhelmed by the way that she's interacting with that world. But the way the design of them specifically, I was like, this is just feels like it's 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 flat. Um. Um. But again, overall, the way he plays with kneel drops, uh, other things, I'll give this an eight again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, final categories, experience.
0: I had a lot of fun in this movie. Uh, I was, I think it was the only one in this theater. So that was kind of nice. Uh, yeah. I keep having the luxury of going to a theater that's pretty dead right now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Very enjoyable film. Uh, good, good, good experience overall. I'm going to give this probably an Eight. I don't know. Again, it probably wasn't a nine or ten yeah. for me, but I had
1: good. I had a great time with it. Like I, I, feel like my experience in terms of whether I was bored, how much I was enjoying it, like how much I was laughing, how much I was scared. I'll give this a, like a, it would be like a seven. I'm not sure how much to count the the story against that and how like offput I felt by it. So I think I'll give this a I think I gotta go six or I'll I'll give it a seven again. I really don't care about the numbers, um, which gives us a final score of seventy eight,
0: nice. which
1: puts us uh. Right at the same score as a beautiful day in the neighborhood and Justice League: The Snyder Cut.
0: Ooh, kind of interesting. Uh, interesting group around it there. Yeah. Um, hmm. But yeah, uh, I would suggest going and seeing that in theaters if you have a chance. If you liked Baby Driver, this one is by the same dude. A uh, lot of great music. If you want to see what the like an idealized version of the '60s looks like, this is a great one uh so yeah go have fun with that uh we hope you all have enjoyed our episode here today uh tune in next week we will most likely be on a different time slot but uh stay tuned for that and keep an eye out on the website and listen to us on spotify and apple podcasts at 90.3 wrst fm oshkosh Uh, if you look up script to screen on there you should be able to find us